Welcome back, everybody, to another weekly episode of Jake and Marty, the Weekly Dose, uh, here with our third episode. Thank you guys for tuning back in. Uh, Marty, how's it going? Let's go on, guys. All right, and so today we are going to be looking at the Buffalo Bills offseason, on what they should do free agent-wise, cuts and everything, to bring in the right people that we need to get us to the Super Bowl. At the end of the episode, we are just going to recap the Sabres again. Since we last tuned in, they've had three games, so we'll talk about those and where we go from there. And with that being said, with the Bills offseason, I feel like this is probably Brandon Beans and Sean McDermott's biggest offseason yet that we're going to have to deal with. Um, we're clearly now on the verge of the Super Bowl. Um, we know we're a contender now. So now with the money we have this year, which isn't too much, there's definitely some moves to need to be made to bring in the right pieces in order to get us over that next step and get us to the Super Bowl. Um, Marty, would you like to start us off with your thoughts? Um, yeah, no, I agree with you. I think this is our biggest offseason for sure. I mean, we're a couple moves away from, you know, maybe winning the Super Bowl or at least getting there and competing for it. But, uh, no, we're definitely contenders. But there's uh, – Moves that need to be made for, you know, both the short term and the long term in terms of uh, helping out the cap space or just um, bringing guys that can help with the defense, you know, maybe a run game. Um, I think we're going to have to see some names have stuck around here uh, for a while, you know, be let go uh, just for uh, money reasons. And uh, I don't know, I'm looking forward to see uh, how McDermott and Bean handle it because it's definitely going to be interesting. This is going to be a weird offseason for a lot of teams because, you know, everybody's in cap hell really with, uh, I mean, the whole league salary cap went down. So, I don't know. I want to see what big names get cut and if we bring in any of the big names, what big names for us get cut. I'm interested. So, yeah, clearly the big name that is on the market right now is J.J. Watt. Um, clearly, he now he has been narrowed down to three teams. Um, he wants to either be in Green Bay, Tennessee, or here in Buffalo, um, which I think that shows goes to show with those three teams, he is in win-now mode and he wants to get a Super Bowl. So I'm thinking he's going to take a pay cut and he wants to go win a Super Bowl because he could have went to any other team and got paid if he wanted to. <clears throat> but those three teams show me he's in win-now mode and wants to win a Super Bowl. Those three teams can all be contenders for a Super Bowl next season. So those are great landing spots for him. Um, within people's salaries or contracts and stuff, or team salaries, excuse me, that he would be able to go fit into. Um, but if Buffalo wanted to bring him in, we would definitely need to let go of some people. Um, I just have a couple names in mind right now who could release for some money. Uh, definitely Lee Smith. Um, we can release, clear up about $2 million cash space with him. Um, Matikavich, I am kind of on the fence with. Um, our linebacker, I don't know if we still want to keep him or not. Um, if we did release him, we're looking at about $3.3 million. Um, clear up there. Uh, definitely definitely John Brown. I think he has been great for Buffalo. He's been great for Josh Allen. But it, it, it will come to a surprise to some people, but I think it'll be a great move because we have Gabe, Gabe, Gabe Davis who can step and take his spot, and that clears up about $8.1 million in our cap space, which is a lot. And then probably also Vernon Butler, Vernon Butler and Mario Addison are two other guys I look at who we can probably get rid of. And both of those guys, if we release both of them, we're looking at about another $13 million that we just cleared up there. So, I mean, we could definitely get some money back by cutting people in order to bring in the pieces we need. So those are who I feel 
are likely to get cut this offseason for Buffalo. Um, what do you think about that? No, I agree with all those. I think, I mean, there's a couple more guys you can even add to the list. Uh, I it, it won't happen, but I wouldn't even mind seeing her entire D-line outside of Ed Oliver getting cut just for cap reasons. I think they're all really overpaid. But um, I think you're going to see, I, mean, I guess, the John Brown uh, release uh, may be imminent, but it, it can be seen as sort of a surprise cut, you know, to – people not from Buffalo around the league, but I think you're going to see like a really, really like big surprise cut that like people don't expect. I wouldn't be surprised. If, uh, well, I would be surprised this whole thing, but maybe if you see like Micah Hyde or Jordan Poyer or somebody with a big cap hit uh, get cut uh, in favor of a younger player. I, I'm not saying I'm an advocate for it. I'm just saying like, I wouldn't be surprised if a huge surprise no, yeah. cut comes along. And I could see it being maybe I one of them or something. I very unlikely that either of those guys will be cut. I'm looking at probably we just signed Hyde to the new contract from the last year, two years ago, or Poyer, excuse me. Um, I'm thinking they're going to mm-hmm. look at getting Hyde another contract. I would rather have get Hyde another contract and let Matt Milano walk possibly. Um, I don't know how you feel about that, but I feel like that mm-hmm. would probably – be better for Buffalo because our safety tandem is top five in the league. And oh no, I, I love the safety. They're yeah. going to release either of those players, um, unfortunately. Well, they're great. It's not unfortunately, but if we're looking at money reasons, it would be great, but probably not. Um, we're definitely going to have to, there's going to be a lot of contracts uh, restructured this offseason as well, um, just so they can clear up cap space for this year. And just guys will get paid later, and we'll know that. And just so we can save some cap room now, and be able to bring in the people we need. But um, I definitely agree with you. There is going to be a lot of big names, just even around the league, being cut just to save some cap. Especially with we're looking to, we're definitely need to bring in a tight end. I don't know if they want to do that through the draft or free agency because I know John Smith is a big name out there right now. Probably that number one I love him. tight end target this offseason. I would say for Buffalo. If you want to, excuse me, if you wanted to upgrade in that position from Dawson Knox, which I think they'll definitely look at whether it is in off, whether it is in free agency or the draft. But John Smith's definitely a name that is up there. Um, you could also look at. There's plenty of tight ends in the league you could look at and say we could bring them in. Um, Gerald Everett possibly. Um, I don't know. What are you thinking about their tight end position? Where are you think we're looking for that? Well, I mean, Bean already like kind of confirmed, you know, he wasn't too happy with the tight end production last year, and uh, he's going to look to upgrade it. I don't know if it's going to be through the draft or free agency. Maybe both. Who knows? Uh, but I, uh, I mean, if we're getting back to tight end and you were talking about Lee Smith getting cut, I mean, that leaves – uh, two tight ends on the roster, Croft being one of the other ones. I'm not a huge fan of Croft. I think he's overpaid. I think that's another cut candidate. Uh, so then you're just left with, what, Dawson Knox. Um, yeah, they're definitely going to need to bring in some more tight ends this offseason. Um, I'd be a fan of any one of those guys in the open market, any of the top names. But like we said, they're going to have to clear some cap space. And, you know, that's the tough part, but that's also the fun part of uh, free agency. Uh you don't know if you're going to see any veteran tight ends get cut too, you know, or just 
like I said, there's going to be a lot of big names in the market, you know, just due to cap restrictions, they're not going to be able to stick around their team. They're going to see a lot of big names. And um, I think there's going to be a lot of big name free agents out there that are willing to take a pay cut to come to a Super Bowl contender. And I think Buffalo is one of those contenders. And, you know, we might be in the running for, you know, some of those big names, which will be really yeah, I agree. Cool. Um, Going back real fast to J.J. Watt, because we hit on him at the beginning of the show, what do you think a contract would look like for bringing him in? Um, it depends. They're definitely gonna have to get pretty creative. I think it's gonna be a incentive laden uh, contract. Uh, I don't think there's gonna be really high base salary wherever he goes. I think you know it's gonna he's gonna have a lot of incentives in his contract. Like you know, say play the full season, he'll get you know an extra one million. Uh, get a certain amount of sacks, he'll get an extra certain amount of money. I think it's gonna be um, his contract will be structured more like that, so that it's uh less of a cap it and uh it's just easier to fit them into the cap uh, each team's cap space that way um but i don't you're still gonna have to cut players you know to be able to even include his base salary uh especially with buffalo we don't have a ton yeah, of cap I'm space thinking, right now <clears throat> if he comes to buffalo he's having to be taking a huge pay cut i'm probably looking at nine million a year possibly he's Clearly, he got paid a lot more than that in Houston. He was making sixteen mm-hmm. a year, sixteen, sixteen, six a year. Sorry, but um, yeah, he's definitely gonna need to take a pay cut if he wants to come to Buffalo. If that Buffalo was able to sign him, um, maybe even ten, but I don't know. Probably, I would assume a two or three year deal. If the Bills were to sign, I'm not looking at anything long term because he is older now. Um, he's thirty one years old turning 32 in March. So I would say probably a two or three year de- deal worth nine to 10 million. But I, I would be looking at if I was Buffalo. Um, but like I said, we're going to need to cut those players. But um, he is that one big name who can come into your team now and make a difference, especially on that defensive line. He's a guy that can get to the quarterback, which the Bills struggled to do this year. And he could definitely have a presence there. Um, I know there's talks about possibly Von Miller, but I doubt that. I don't think he'll come to Buffalo. Um, we don't have enough money for him for what he's going to want. So I don't know if you feel there's a way we can get him or not, but I just don't think we get Von Miller. So if you're looking at the best option to help your defensive line out, it definitely would be J.J. Watt. Yeah, that's for sure right now. And I, the problem with Von Miller is, you know, he's not even – he hasn't even been released yet, you know. So we don't even know if the Broncos are really – going to release him you know you hear reports that they may but he may restructure his contract or uh they might work out a trade with another team so you you really just don't know uh with von miller uh jj watt he is a free agent right now he's free to go over he's free to go wherever he wants so um you know that's our best bet right now yeah i know this is his last year on his broncos contract um i'm from what i've heard i think they're looking to release him um, but like you said, they could reconstruct that contract because he is taking a big cap hit from them. Um, and if they release him, he's only taking four million off their cap instead of the twenty-two. If he twenty-two million, if he stays the season, which is huge, especially this season with everything that went on with COVID, and now everyone's salary cap is a lot. I think it's one eighty that the league allowed. Um, but I'm not sure. But yeah, I definitely don't see us getting him. I. 
I see him being released. Buy something Buffalo will get him. But um I don't know. Where where would you like to go next with this? Because I wanted to hit JJ Watt definitely, but I like we said, there's gonna be a lot that needs to go on with this contract in order to get him. There's gonna be players that need to be released. But I kinda of wanna hit that tight end position and where do you think our best option sits? Um, for tight end, I think you're going to have to look to free agency. I like the name you brought up earlier, Jonu Smith. Uh, I don't think he's the best available option in free agency. I think that's Hunter Henry. Um, but if you're if you look at Hunter Henry, uh, he's just – I don't think there's any shot Buffalo gets him. Uh, he's definitely going to command a large contract somewhere. And uh, Buffalo just doesn't have the money to pay him. Uh, Jonu Smith is a very underrated tight end. Um, very good athlete, very good in the red zone. And uh, he's kind of buried on that uh, Tennessee team. I think if he goes to any other team, like a pass-heavy offense like Buffalo, I think he puts up you know great stats and is a potential Pro Bowl tight end. Um, he's on that Tennessee offense with you know guys like Corey Davis, uh, A.J. Brown, and, you know, most notably Derrick Henry getting the ball, you know, every play. So it's kind of hard for him to make a name for himself in that offense, but he still, you know, somewhat did. Uh, you know, he's really productive in the red zone. He's Ryan Tannehill's go-to guy. And, you know, he's a big play threat too. Uh, he's a tremendous athlete. So I, I'd love to have John Smith in Buffalo. Uh, I think he's a great talent. Um it's just a matter of, you know, fitting him into the cap space. And I'm really excited to see how Bean and McDermott, uh, you know, play with it this offseason. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I do not see just moving to special teams real fast. Um, I see us letting Andre Roberts walk as well. I don't feel the need to bring him back. Um, the only thing he really brings to Buffalo is special teams. Don't get me wrong, he made the Pro Bowl. Great return man, but he just doesn't mm-hmm. fit that wide receiver role that he technically is and I just don't I think we can probably find something better just in the draft or he's yeah, getting up there in age just too. Get something better in the draft and let it go that way um like I said we're definitely going to need to restructure some contracts as well um I'm looking at positive well first of all I think we need to re-sign John Feliciano um, I don't know if you agree with me there, but what mm-hmm. you agree? Agreed, okay. agreed. Yeah, we need to re-sign him. Yes. I think we need to definitely uh, reconstruct Mitch Morris's contract 100%. Um, he's a guy that can still play at a high oh, level. Yeah. But um, unfortunately, injuries have kind of haunted him his whole career. He has, what, six or seven concussions now. And But I think he's a guy that is there. He can protect Josh. Um, he's a great center. So I think we just go and reconstructure his or restructure his contract, um, get some money back. Um, he has a team to play on, uh, and we end up getting back some cap space for him, and be able to bring someone else in. Um, don't know if you agree with me on Mitch Morris, but how do you feel? Um, no, so I want to hit on that Feliciano uh, resign first. Uh, I think he's a great interior lineman and. I would love to have him back. I think he brings, like, a nasty presence to the interior of the O-line. And I think he's got, you know, he's very fluid um, with his positions. Like, he, you know, if Morse is out, he can come in and play center. Uh, Say you need him at right guard, he can play right guard. need him at left guard, he can play left guard. It's hard to find guys like that, you know, who can play all three of those uh, interior line positions. So, 
no, anytime you get a guy like Feliciano um, who can not only just play all three, but he can play all three at a, you know, a high level. So I think uh, it's imperative that we re-sign him in the offseason, um, especially with Morris's injury concerns. So if you want me to get into Morris, I agree 100%. Yeah, he needs to take a pay cut. He's getting paid like a top five center. Uh, when he's out there, he, he, he uh, does a really good job. It's just, is he out there? I mean, the guy's got uh, an extensive injury history. And uh, like you said, like six concussions now, uh, those add up. And uh, I think, you know, in the best interest of the entire team, it'd be nice if he took a pay cut just so we could, you know, help, uh, help other guys on the team uh, and get more talent. And, uh, yeah, I, I definitely see him as a guy that will potentially take a pay cut. Or, you know, he can be one of those surprise cut candidates. Like I said, uh, it's the guys you least expect to get cut that get cut in the off seasons. Uh, I think the Bills are going to have at least one surprise cut this offseason. Um, and I think he is a candidate to be one of them. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, I think we're probably – we probably should honestly – Go. They should go over talk with Quinn Jefferson. See if he'll take a pay cut as well. I was, but I was looking at how much cap hit mm-hmm. people are getting. I would. I would just cut Quinn right Jefferson. Um. I don't know. He. I like him. He just played like because I, the whole D line got messed up because Starla Tudela unfortunately didn't play, so we'll have him back this season. Yeah, but I don't like. I don't like paying too much for rotation. That's what I'm guys, saying. Though, if we go and I mean? see if he'll take a pay cut, maybe Don. Right now, his cap hit mm-hmm. is eight million. Maybe we'll see if we can get a contact down where it's only like five, or if we can only get it down to five or six. That would be that would be that, ideal see, for me. Um, yeah, that w- that'd be better. But but I'm with that, you. I hate the rotation. Give, you know, an idea to people. Yeah, I mean, paying eight million for a guy in a rotation. We're talking about JJ Watt getting paid. You know, potentially like nine million base salary. You know, that just shows you. I mean, he was vastly overpaid, and it's just, as were a lot of guys last offseason. Um. But I yeah, I just I just it doesn't sit well with me paying like a rotational piece, even five million. I, I would much rather just you know, like I said, I'm not kidding when I talk about I would cut, you know, a lot of the guys in the D line and keep, you know, the key guys like uh, at Oliver, but I think it's we're just paying too much for rotational pieces and we need to really focus on quality starters. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from there. Um and we're definitely yeah, I'd agree. I'd probably the draft would be our best option. I'm with you where our D-line was horrendous this year. It wasn't horrendous, but it wasn't mm-hmm. as good as it should be. It's not like we're used to in Buffalo. Yeah, no, not at all. But um, definitely, I think we need to bring back uh, switching sides of the ball. I think if the price is right. Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um. Let me come back to that. I completely lost what I was talking about. Quarterback. Oh, Matt Barkley. I think if the price is right, definitely need to bring back Matt Barkley. He is a great help to Josh. Um, being a backup quarterback just isn't about being there when the quarterback is getting hurt. He's in that room to help Josh out, uh, help him understand defenses, um, tell him what he should and should be doing and what he's seeing from off the field that Josh isn't seeing on the field. I think – he fits that backup role perfectly because he's not there where he wants to take Josh Allen's spot. He is more there that he wants to help out Josh Allen. So I don't know. I mean, 
if like if like I said the price is right, I would bring him back personally. Um, do you have thoughts on that? Do you think Jake Fromm could come in and be the backup? I don't don't think so because he's this will be his second year after being drafted, and I don't know if he can completely understand NFL defenses yet. But that's just how I feel about it. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, anytime that you get a backup quarterback, uh. You know, it's not that I don't think Fromm could play at the level of Matt Barkley. It's just that, you know, having a veteran like Barkley in that room. I mean, Josh Allen is still a really young quarterback. So, I mean, he's still learning. So, having a veteran presence like Barkley in the locker room uh, for the right price, you know, that's I, – I'd love that. Uh, if they can, I think he wants to stay here, and I think they probably want to keep him. Um, it's just they're just going to have to find the right price. But, no, I agree 100%. Having a guy like Matt Barkley in the locker room, uh, for Josh Allen and, and Fromm's a young quarterback to learn from him too. Uh, no, he's a great backup quarterback. All right, glad we <clears throat> agree there because I just don't think there's any other guy we should really bring in right now. Um, and just understand what's going on in this locker room, especially with how chaotic the season it was, how we don't even know what the offseason is going to look like. Right now, to be honest, we don't know what to have with everything COVID, if the players are going to be able to get back in. When they typically do, it's going to be something like last season. I get this season, um, we're going to 17 games. We're going to have three preseason games as well. But um, that's just my thought on that. Just wanted to hit on that real fast. But um, I think definitely – sorry, I'm going to hit on the draft real fast. I think we do need to take a right tackle in the first or second round um, to kind of Mm -hmm. be there with Deion Dawkins. And there's definitely – that's something the Bills should look at as well. Um, I don't know really know who they'd be able to bring in in the offseason in that position. Um, I don't know if you have any notable names in mind who you could think of, but I think definitely in, uh, unless they resign, unless they resign Williams. Yeah, I don't. But I don't know yeah, how, likely how likely it is. It is. So I'm thinking for, definitely first or second round, we're gonna need to take a right tackle. But again, that's for another day. Yeah, no, the draft's going to be fun. And it's easier to see, like, how the draft will pan out once, you know, free agency and all the dust settles from free agency. So then you have uh, more of an idea of, you know, what position teams are going to target, especially with uh, the Bills. Oh, yeah, 100%. But um, one thing that's interesting to me, though, is with this offseason, I know we are letting Matt Milano <clears throat> um, go out and test free agency. What if teams aren't willing to pay? him because it's how with the cap and everything how the season's going <clears throat> what happens if he's not mm-hmm. getting anything over 10 million do you think he comes back to buffalo because i think i would say like i would pay him nine a year um i don't know how you feel about that but i think if we can get milano for nine i would lock him down uh, <clears throat> i think he's our best linebacker um i mean if you can lock him down for nine and keep him the my only problem with Matt Milano is, you know, the injuries. That's the only thing I can say about Matt Milano that uh, irks me is just his injuries. But um, that you're taking a really big risk letting him go on the open market because, I, I mean, he's probably going to be overpaid by a bad team with a lot of cap space that needs, you know, linebacker help. But, I mean, if he doesn't, theoretically, if he doesn't, I'd love to bring him back, and I'm sure – uh, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott would love to have him back too, as well as the fans. You know, he's a great player, and any team that gets him, you know, it's they'd be lucky to have him. Yeah, hundred percent. And um, so, what do you think about 
cutting Jerry Hughes. How do you feel about that? Uh, man, if he won't take a pay cut, you know, I love Jerry Hughes. You know, he's been in Buffalo for a while now, really. Um, I think he's the longest tenured he, he Bills is, player on the roster at the moment. Final, this is his final yeah. year in his contract, though. Um, but if we cut him, we're saving $7 million by if we let him walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like I said earlier in the show, and I'll keep saying it, I – it probably definitely will not happen, but I'd love to see the entire D-line either reconstructure their deals or release them, except for, you know, young guys like Harrison Phillips and Ed Oliver that are on uh, inexpensive deals. But I think everybody on the D-line is overpaid. Uh, if you look at their production, they're just not worth the money. And, you know, Jerry Hughes, great guy, fan favorite, but – it's a business, and you can't be paying uh, the amount of money he's getting paid, you know, for his production lately. And uh, I'd love to have him on a cheap deal, uh, but he'd have to take a pay cut for that. I don't know if he will. That's why I want to see this offseason, if we can, you know, coax guys into taking pay cuts, um, you know, who we cut. It's definitely going to be interesting because they're going to have to play around with these contracts to, you know, make some cap room. Uh, I think guys, you know, will and should be willing to, uh, you know, reconstruct for their deals. Just um, based on the fact that we're, you know, only a couple players away from being legitimate Super Bowl. Cont- I mean, we're already contenders, legitimate Super Bowl threats, though. Um, only a couple players away. So I'm hoping that we can uh, reconstruct some deals and, you know, hopefully – release some guys yeah. that are being overpaid and uh, play around with that cap a little. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Um, we definitely need to re-sign uh, Darrell Williams. Um, I, he's just a stud of an offensive lineman. Um, he's great at protecting Josh. Um, I think he's one of those definite guys we need to bring back. Um, agree, disagree on the fence about that? Um, no, I'd, I'd love to bring him back, uh, you know, preferably like on a two-year deal or something like that. Yeah, we're not going to see uh, any big contracts this as well. that's for sure. We're going to be looking at guys taking shorter deals um, and then mm. like maybe one or two-year deals and coming back with like just key like Buffalo saying, hey, um, just stick with us, just take the pay cut and we'll bring you back next season. Just kind of giving them their word and just kind of like you saw with a lot of what happened in the NHL this season. Well, you saw a lot of big names take one-year deals and then possibly just re-signing next season. I mean, like we saw Taylor Hall signed one-year deal in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And I think he's – from what it sounds like, he's looking to come back. But I don't want to skip that. I'm thinking we're going to see a lot of that in the NFL where guys are just want to get – want to have a job at this point, just kind of have that job security. Yeah. But – um, That has a lot to do with the, the uh, Cavs space situation too. Um you know, obviously with COVID, you know, the NFL, all the major uh, leagues, they can't uh, rake in the same amount of revenue. So uh, the cap space drops. But theoretically, uh, there's going to – I believe there's going to be a new NFL TV deal within the next few years. Or something. You're going to see guys take one- to two-year deals. Oh, it's just season. Yeah, so you're going to see guys so – You're going to see going to be able to play pay, pay players more than they want because – I think that's why they bumped that cap, the salary cap up to 180. And with that money coming in, you'll be able to bring in more guys. 
Mm-hmm. Well, you're going to see his guys take, you know, short-term deals. And then uh, by the time that deal expires, you know, the salary cap is going to be through the roof. So they're going to be able to uh, capitalize on that and get huge contracts uh, these next two off seasons. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, so I know you mentioned this in the beginning of the show. Um, running back is a huge issue. We have talked about this on our first podcast. Um, our running back situation is a huge issue. And I'm looking at, I don't know if we want to draft, want to build in the draft. I mean, we have the past two years, took Singletary and Moss both in the third or fourth round. Um, so I don't know if they want to go down that road because I'm not a huge fan of taking running backs high just because you don't know how it's going to pan out. You see a lot of these guys come in to get out their rookie contract, and then they're kind of like no names for the rest of their life. I mean, clearly with the exception of guys like Zeke, Saquon, and McCaffrey, who we've seen the past couple of years. But um, I am looking at possibly bringing in a guy like Aaron Jones. How do you feel about that? Um, I doubt I doubt Buffalo goes after him, but it will be nice to bring him in. So, like, you're getting to the point. Yeah, I get what you're getting at. Uh, like, a guy like Aaron Jones or just a veteran in general that's, you know, been productive or at least serviceable throughout his career. Yeah, exactly. Just kind of make sure, like, you know when you're bringing him, you know what you're getting with him. <clears throat> so, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd be a proponent for that because, uh, I mean, you don't know what you're getting with these guys in the draft, even the top guys. Uh, you know, Najee Harris – uh, Travis Etienne, that these guys, you know, are great college players and they look like they could translate uh, to be great NFL players, but you just don't know with running backs. Uh, you know, more often than not, uh, you can find great running backs in the mid to late rounds, sometimes even undrafted. Uh, but unfortunately for Buffalo, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, both uh, mid-round running backs, um, the past years that they picked, they just really haven't been all too productive, although it's early, uh, things could change. But, no, I'd, I agree 100% with you. I'd love to bring in um, a veteran or just a guy who's been in the league for a little bit that's kind of more proven and uh, you know what you're getting with them. Uh, I think that would help. The t- I, I just want a fast guy, too. Somebody that – I mean, we've got two of the slowest uh, running backs rostered in the entire NFL. If you're going off their 40 time at the Combine. I just want some – I think this offense, uh, like, speed out of the backfield. I'd like to see, you know, us bring in a speedy veteran or something. Yeah, that would be nice seeing the backfield because our running game was terrible this season. Um, Zach Moss and Devin Singletary are both like those power backs, which is great in some situations, but you want that fast guy who can get get those, hit those corners and just get going, turn on the burners. Um, but we'll definitely need something like that if they want to – improve the running game because Josh Allen cannot be our run game, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, no. And could you imagine this offense if it had like uh, just it's somewhat of a run game from the running backs? Just, I mean, we, we basically had zero run game last year. Could you imagine if we just got like half of a run game? I mean, this offense would be unstoppable. Now imagine if we, get the right guy. I mean, this offense will be unstoppable if we get a great running back. Um, Could you imagine if we gave, like, Josh Allen a great pass-catching back? Uh, I mean... Give him another weapon, that would be be scary. The opportunities would just be, like, endless on offense. You got... I mean, 
you want to double digs, okay, we got Beasley in the slot and we got so-and-so out of the backfield. We got Gabe Davis on the other side. You want to, you know, go over top, then we can just dump it off to our running back or Beasley. It's just – it's crazy the opportunities they could have if they just got a threat out of the backfield. Right, exactly. And um, what about – what do you think about possibly bringing in uh, a Keelan Cole? Guy, another another um, can play yeah. that at our third receiver slot. Well, the number yeah, two he's receiver. Buried on the, and yeah. um, I he didn't have a bad season with the Jaguars. Um, no, he had there. He finished the season with six hundred forty-two yards. So I mean, that could be another weapon we could add. Yeah, their depth, their uh, wide receiver depth chart's a little crowded too. So uh. I'd like to see him with a good quarterback in the stable offense. I, I think Keelan Cole is actually a good player. I I wouldn't mind uh, the signing at all. I think he's a good player. I think if you pair him you know, with the guys on this offense, I think he can definitely be a viable second or third option. Right, I 100% agree. Um, I don't know. Possibly we could franchise tag someone who we have in our practice squad who we actually just signed this year. Don't know if you're thinking of the same person I am, but you let me think. Somebody who's on our practice squad? Like who? Duke Williams? No, we just signed him right at the end of the season and uh going into playoffs. Oh man, I just Kenny still Yeah, do you think possibly franchise tagging him and just keeping him in Buffalo? Um, I don't know if they franchise because I don't know what the franchise tag hit is. Um they might be overpaying him. But, uh, I mean, if we could keep Kenny Stills, I mean, he didn't play a game. So, I mean, I'm sure he's probably hungry to get out there on the field with these guys that he just signed with. Yeah, I would love to see uh, him suit yeah. up for a game and play in Buffalo. Um, I think he gives us that speed downfield that John Brown did. So, it would be – and you could probably get him for less than John Brown. And yeah. it, I wouldn't – I would argue that you're not losing anything if you brought Kenny Stills in. No, you might be gaining, actually. I mean, he's one of the top deep ball threats in the entire league, really. Exactly. Uh, no, that, that adds a whole other element to this offense, having a deep ball uh, threat like Kenny Stills uh, with Josh Allen's explosive arm. Uh, man. And you, then you pair him on this offense. It's just crazy. No, he's a great – I don't know how I forgot about him. Probably because he didn't, you know, play a yeah, snap. But a snap. No, I was, I was I was really excited when we uh, got him. No, he's a great player. I, I hope he stays in Buffalo. I for, completely forgot about him. Yeah, and uh, staying on the offensive side of the ball, I know I hit on a running back already. But another running back the Pills, the Bills could possibly look at is Chris Carson. Yeah, no, the um, – the thing with Carson is you got to hope like there's not a team that's going to, you know, vastly overpay him, but you know, he's a good running back. His only problem is injuries. He's had a lot of those. So you might be able to uh, get him, you know, at a discount, especially if he wants to come to a contender. Yeah, I agree. I just want my two top free agent targets for the bills this off season is definitely JJ Watt that goes without saying, and I, mm-hmm. I already talked about him with Johnny Smith. I would love to bring him in, give us a tight end who can catch a ball, who can get downfield, who can block for us. Um, I just would love to see him here. I don't really see any other – like, I, I don't see another t- better tight end fit in Buffalo. 
No, I think because he's not uh, – I don't want to use the word diva, but he's not a guy that's going to be uh, kind of disrupt the flow of the offense and, you know, want more targets everything because he knows how to take the backseat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he took a backseat to A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, uh, Derrick Henry. So, I think he'll come in and, you know, it'll be a seamless fit. I think uh, – he won't disrupt uh, what we've got going on here in Buffalo. I think, you know, the whole offense will just gel uh, if a guy like Jamie Smith comes. I don't think he'll be um, a disruption to, you know, the camaraderie we've got going on in offense. Yeah, I 100% agree. And um, so flipping to the defensive side of the ball now, um, another – a veteran corner – Bills need a cornerback to – the opposite, Tredavious White. Unfortunately, I don't think the Bills have a real solid number two right now. And you have Levi Wallace, um, who's all right. He has his games, but I want a guy who's more consistent. He's a free agent, too. And I don't see him – because I think he's going to go to free agency and get paid. I don't think the Bills want to pay him for what he's possibly going to be worth. Um, I want the Bills to bring in Richard Sherman. Um, bring him in on a veteran deal for one one or two years. Um, let him play in the NFL, and he can still play at a high elite level. Yeah, no, Richard Sherman's a good player. It's, um, you just got to wonder when that follow-up is going to come, and you got to hope it wouldn't be with us. But if you can get him on a cheap deal, uh, I mean, that's – a great player that you're adding to your team, smart player that's going to teach the young guys something. I think it'll take Trey White under his wing and show him a lot about the league. Um, we also got to remember, I know the draft is a whole nother episode, but uh, Sean McDermott's known to be uh, a coach that develops defensive backs um, mm-hmm. really well. I mean, you look at everywhere he's gone, really. He's uh, developed an elite corner, uh, even here in Buffalo with Trey White. So, um, I think even in the late round, you can find a guy that uh, Sean McDermott can develop. I mean, Levi Wallace was undrafted. So, uh, I think that I wouldn't count out the idea of Sean McDermott getting a guy in the late round and developing him into uh, that corner opposite Trey. And uh, I wouldn't be opposed to the idea of bringing in a guy like Richard Sherman or a veteran corner that – you know, can still play and teach these young guys something. Right, or sticking with the corners, uh, possibly Kalon Williams from San Francisco. Um, I think he could be a very good counterpart to Davius White. Um, like I said, Levi Wallace, we're probably going to let walk. Um, and Taron Johnson, he is good some games. He's Yeah, but he's a nickel he's, corner, he's a nickel you know corner what I mean? And, yeah. Yeah, he's not. He's, he's not, not really a, had like a a true number two. Yeah, exactly. So I think possibly a guy like Kwan Williams could bring in because we need help at the corner position, definitely. Mm-hmm. But um, how did you like? Kwan I also Williams? think Do you not like him. He's no, I, I like great, him. He's a great slot corner. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, so corners, you know, you can make garbage defensive backs look great if you have a great defensive line. If you get pressure on the corner, you can make the worst secondary in the league look elite, you know, yeah. if you get pressure on the quarterback. I think that'll be their number one priority. I think they're going to, yeah. you know, it starts with J.J. Watt. 
but I think the number one priority is going to be to rebuild the defensive line. I think Bean and McDermott saw it. They were disappointed with the production as well. Uh, it's not just us, the fans. Um, Bean even came out and said that he wasn't happy with uh, the D-line production. Uh, so you just got to hope, you know, guys like Epinesa take the next step. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, hope when Latule comes back, you or know, possibly bring that in helps the guy like, like uh, Trey Hendrickson from New Orleans. Mm-hmm. You see, I'm open to all of these ideas. It's just the cap space. Yeah. They're definitely gonna have to definitely, get creative. Yeah, to really gonna have to get creative. I, I would love the idea of building in the draft, but it's also scary because you don't know sometimes what you're getting. Mm-hmm. You're That's really the thing. If you can bring in something, sure. Then, I mean, a uh, guy like Hendrickson, I mean, great breakout player. I think he's probably going to get overpaid somewhere, like uh, vastly overpaid. Um, I just don't think we have the cap to compete with these teams that uh, you know, are desperate for that talent. So they're definitely going to have to pray and hope that definitely some make some moves. want to come in and just win a Super Bowl, take a pay cut and be like, all right, give me one or two years and let's go win a Super Bowl. But I doubt mm-hmm. a guy like Watt would be huge. Right. Huge. I think that he, to me, is definitely number one priority. The Bills do whatever they need to to bring him in because that automatically helps their D line right away. I'm going to see with Latule back. We can move um, Ed Oliver back to his three technique. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, JJ Watt, not only on the outside, but you can rush him from the inside as well. Yeah, I mean, you can play him anywhere. How on many line. guys are there in the league like that? Aaron, Aaron know, Donald. So that's about it. Yeah. So you get you get a guy like JJ Watt playing on the outside. Next play, you move him inside with Ed Oliver. I mean, that's you know, a scary combo. And then you get you know, say a couple guys in the draft, uh, put them in the outside and says it. I mean, there's so many combinations and uh, you know opportunities to sign certain guys, draft certain guys that. Uh, it's exciting to think about, but I mean, getting a guy like Watt would really transform this defensive line. Yeah, and I think you know he's a player that I mean, if that was, we need you need a guy like that. If he was the only move the Bills made in the off season, I would be happy. Bring him yeah, in. I, I no, if, yeah. Say so so you bring in Watt and lose Milano. I think. I think that's a yeah. I think it that's washes out. Go draft yeah. linebacker first or second round because this is one of the best years if you're going to be a linebacker to draft one. There are so many linebackers coming in the draft. Like I said, we'll talk about those in another episode. But bringing a guy like Watt just automatic, automatically makes your team that much better. Even though he was in a Houston from like five since they drafted Watson to up until this year, they've been a good team. Just up until whatever happened this year. Um, there was a lot of stuff going on with that organization that it was just basically a great a shit show there. But um, mm-hmm. Watt is still a great defensive end, and he will show you how. And I hope to see him in the AFC East this year playing in the Bills red, white, and blue, and possibly we can get the games this season and actually see what he can do. Yeah, I think he's one of those guys that, you know, he – if he does come to Buffalo, I think after one home game, he'll know he made the right choice. I mean, we have the best fans in the world. You can't. Yeah. We would embrace. We would embrace that guy, and he'd be on a contender. I think he'd be, in, you know, a stable organization for the first time in his entire career. I think he'd really love it here in Buffalo. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Um, not much else really I can think about to talk about the off season. 
um, because we're clearly not in there with the numbers and who we need to cut and where and why. But um, I just feel like we kind of touched on everything we could regarding this mm-hmm. off season, like the main points to it. But like I said, we need to cut a lot of people before we even think about making any moves. We just need to clear up some cap space. This should be our first priority. Like I said, even restructuring a Diggs contract and possibly that would save us some room. Um, I'm sure he would be open to that as well. Yeah, no, everybody, there's definitely going to be, like I said, there's could be reconstructions that you wouldn't expect. There's going to be releases you wouldn't expect. Um, you know, it just depends if these guys are willing to do it, you know, to compete for a Super Bowl. Uh, you know, I think we got enough guys on the team that are team players that are willing to do it uh, to compete. And um, I'm excited because this is the real, like you said, the real number one priority this offseason is to, you know, create some room. And that too is to get in the guys. Yeah, but you're going to have to definitely create some cap space first. So, um, I lost um, Could you repeat that? Yeah, the number one priority is going to be, you know, to create the cash space and uh, just like you said, but the number two uh, is going to be to bring in the guys, but they're definitely going to have to create the cash space first because we just don't have enough. Right, right, exactly. Um, Yeah, sorry, uh, you – I lost your connection. must have been bad on my side or yours. But um, um, one last thing on free agency. Um, do you think we complete Allen's extension this year and next year? I know that's not going to affect our cap. Yeah, so I saw so – What are you thinking? I saw a report today that uh, – This year from Bean year. that said something about uh, they're going to focus on bringing in guys first and then, you know, getting Allen done last. I, I believe I saw that today. Yeah, I saw that as well. Um, I think we know he's our guy now. Um, we can't <laughs> be like the Dallas Cowboys. And now who can't even pay their star quarterback who you you have one of the best quarterbacks in the league and now you can't even franchise tag because you don't have enough money. You're a joke. But um yeah, I think we definitely get that done after we figure out everything with the offseason. Then you sit down with Josh and be like, Listen, you're our guy. Give him ten years, however much you yeah, want. Yeah, and I don't think you know, anybody should be worried about yeah. Clearly it's not, not the main priority. Not the main priority yeah. off season because we know Josh wants to be here. And ownership wants to keep Josh here, so it's not going to be a problem whether it's this year or next year. But I think doing it, I don't, not even if you don't do it this year, he's not going to be like, oh, they don't want me here because he knows everything that's going on. So I, I feel like whenever it happens, it's going to happen. Yeah, I wouldn't be worried but about Josh going anywhere. Yeah, no, so do you think that covers everything with the Bills off season? Yeah, I think we basically covered everything with the Bills. Um, do you have anything else you want to um, throw in there? No, I just want to you know, keep hammering home that uh, and the main priority this offseason is going to be to create cash space. So there's definitely going to be at least one or two surprise cuts. And I'm telling everybody now, I'm calling one of them is going to be John Brown, but there's definitely going to be one more. That's my offseason prediction. Yeah, I agree with you. And so, all right, we'll, we'll wrap up our offseason predictions with that. By the way, to everyone who listened, uh, last week we talked about the quarterback carousel. <laughs> Me and Marty already one for one. Uh, we called 
it was actually Marty who called the Wentz going to Indianapolis, so he was right there. So give him some props where it's due. Nice call on that. But with that, we will uh, shift over to the Buffalo Sabres. Um, I know last time we said we wanted them to go around 500. Um, I was mistaken on the last podcast. I said they had three games before we talked to you, and it was actually four. And we went 500, which I – when me thinking three games, I wanted two wins and, like, one loss or one overtime loss. They got the two wins, but they also got two losses. Um, they looked – in both their wins, they looked really good. Um, I just I, – going 400 there kind of hurts, I think, at some point. I'll let you take over before I start talking. Um, how do you feel about the last four games that the Sabres have played? Um, and where you man, they really played their emotions, right? Because uh, last week we were, you know, pissed off and talking about Fur and the coach and everything. I'm still, you know, not a big Ralph Kruger fan. But, uh, you know, it's weird. They, they've got this thing where they'll, they'll look really good and then uh, in the very next game they'll look like absolute garbage again. It's there's really no consistency with the Buffalo Sabres this year, or it seems like any year. But, um, no, it's weird. They'll look really good, um, like last night. I kind of said doubles. I mean, they looked really good against the Islanders in the loss in that 3 Yeah, we outplayed the them, Islanders. really. I thought they looked fantastic. They just couldn't get it – they just couldn't get it done. I mean, the players were zipping around the ice, um, which all we could really ask for. Um, they looked good, but they just couldn't – figure out a way to win it. No, um, you're fine. You no, I agree 100%. Uh, they, Tyler's game, they actually maybe the best they look concerning the team that they faced. But, uh, you know, you go against those elite teams like that. You know, the Islanders, you know, great defensive team. Uh, get two goals. It's pretty big. Uh, I couldn't say I was too disappointed with that game. Um, I'm definitely not super happy about, you know, the four games, but I don't know. It's just – it's Buffalo, man. There's just no consistency. They'll look really good one night, and next night they'll look like absolute garbage again. So I don't know what to expect of this team. Yeah. I mean, it's still possible we make the playoffs, but I, I definitely wouldn't count on it. Right. Right now we're sitting at eighth place in the East. We're six, eight, and two. Um, We're – 14 points. I mean, I get we're only six, five points behind the Islanders, or excuse me, seven points behind the Islanders who are sitting in fourth place right now. But I mean, over the Islanders, you got the Bruins with 24 points, then the Capitals with 22, then the Penguins and Islanders both have 21, which is only, I said, five, seven points. I'm sorry, there's seven points ahead of Buffalo. But, um, the teams that are ahead of Buffalo minus Boston has more games played. So, I mean, we just need to start – just get like – give me a four-game winning streak or even a six-game point streak. Give me a six-game point streak, and I think we're right back up there in the chase because this season is weird. <clears throat> we're only playing the same seven teams. But I think they still have a chance to make the playoffs as long as – they just need to get a streak on. Just give me – like, even if they give me the next 12 games, give me eight wins. That gets them right back in the hunt. Um, they just need to start scoring mm-hmm. five on five. That has been a struggle all season for the Buffalo Sabres. And it's just not, like, ideal. 
when you're talking about an NHL hockey team who can't score five on five. We're only scoring. I get it's tough to score. So give me the power play goals all we want. We're tied for first in the league on power play percentage, which I'm not mad about. But we need more. We need to score five on five. Um, I think I don't know about you. I think I don't want to speculate on anything because I don't know. Nothing, no reports that came out, but the game against the Islanders and the Capitals in both their losses, Jack. Yeah, Arthur he looked shaken up on the bench. I don't know if you agree with that, but um, yeah, last night he had the guy fall on his ankle, um, but he just like, I don't know. Got the game against the Islanders, you rarely ever see Jack Eichel get bodied off the puck, and it happens. Yeah, twice no, I. Uh, there's no reports or anything, so it's you know definitely it's just all speculation. But uh, I don't. Eichel doesn't remind me of you know one of those guys that would take a night off, especially you know with everything on the line this year. You know, probably the best team he's played with in his career. Uh, so it's definitely possible that he's playing through something. That's what problem you said. It's the best team he's played with in the NHL so far. This team has so much talent, yet we're not getting it done. I I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, I'm happy Skinner's not paying, but then again, I'm also not happy because mm-hmm. we're paying the guy $9 million yeah. a year. I was just about to ask you your thoughts on that. in the last two games I was in SAT. I, like, <clears throat> I'm indifferent because, I mean, like you said, he should be playing on the top lines. You said this in an earlier podcast. He should be playing on top lines. And I agree, and I just – like, I'm so torn with him because, like, when we put him on top lines and he still can't score, I mean, the guy's only got one point all yeah. season. Like, for $9 million a year for 16 games in, he's only got one point. I just don't know. You can't trade him. I just – you – I don't know. I, I just hate the fact that we're sitting in a guy who are paying $9 million, but I also understand why because he's not producing. But, I mean, then again – I'm going to play devil's advocate to myself here. You can't play him on our fourth line, who is the worst in the NHL, and expect yeah, him to get Yeah, we're kind of stuck with Skinner. Uh, I mean, you're not going to be able to trade that contract, and he's not really giving you any production. So it's like, what do you do? Um, I can tell you this. Uh, I think it's worth playing him over some of the guys that we do play uh, based on the money that we're giving him and, you know, his history. I think that uh, – you know, there's a chance he can turn it around over, you know, some guys. Uh, I mean, I would play Skinner over Akposo. I don't know what you think about that. Uh, yeah, let's just start with Akposo. Let's yeah, just start with Akposo. I mean, I'd, I'd play Skinner over Akposo any day. Yes and no. I mean, Akposo now, last night to me, he looked really good. Um he finally notched his first point last night, uh, which isn't ideal for a $6 million a year player either. But he finally looked up last night, maybe that point last night. Uh, he almost wore the empty netter, which would have been great for him. But it unfortunately got deflected. But he still ended up, got the assist on the goal. But um, I don't know. I just, I can't tell because he looks so good in some games and so bad other games. It's just the same thing with Skinner. But Skinner is also a known goal scorer in the NHL. He showed it in Carolina. He showed it in Buffalo in his first season here. And then second 
season, he kind of took a step back. Now this season, he only have one point from the guy. I, I don't know. Do you think he should? Yeah, be playing I just over think you know, season? given his history, you know, you might give him the benefit of the doubt over some of the guys that we do play over him. But uh, it's definitely safe to say that uh, the contract we gave him looks right now to be a mistake. Unfortunately. Yeah, I agree. Um, but um, yeah, I thought um, Jacob Bryson, oh yeah, NHL debut oh, last yeah. night looked very, very good. He when he was out on the ice, he stood out, made a difference. Um, Dylan Cousins finally put back into the lineup. They line, like I like that line. Difference. I like that, that line. Uh, be a stud. What, what was it? It was Hall, Stall, and uh. Cousins, right? Stall, yeah, no, that line looked and, uh, good. Cousins. Yeah, I look, that line looked very good. I like Sam yeah, playing Sam's getting it going um, right now, too. I don't know if Olafson is a first line. I don't know if Olafson's an actual first line player, but um, it's the best we have right now. Um, I would love to see Hall back up on that stall, or I would love to see Hall back up on that Eichel and Reinhardt line, but I understand what they're doing because now you kind of give that they're playing with a veteran who's still a star in Eric Stahl. And then with a young kid, Dylan Cousins, um, I was, I'm happy with that line, with their production, with what they've been coming up with the past couple of nights. Um, I thought, like I said, I thought the two wins, they looked very good. They looked very good in that loss to mm-hmm. uh, the Islanders. But then I fell asleep during the Capitals game oh, because no. I was just, no. we didn't look good. No, no, I didn't think he looked good. But I don't. I just. I mean, I'm just happy we got that win last night because we hit so many posts. I was kind of looking like one of those games where we weren't going to be able to score and they were just going to come away with it. But I'm happy with the outcome. It would have been nice to see Allmark get the shot out. I mean, yeah, yeah, 41 saves on 42 shots, and then that goal came with like what 30 seconds left in the power play. And. Yeah, and it was deflected off of uh, was it Miller? No, it wasn't Miller. But it deflected off one of the Sabres players, and uh, went right up over him. So there's nothing he could do about there. He made some fantastic saves before that. He had a hell of a game. I thought he had looked very good. I thought he looked very good against the Islanders. Other Sabres fans might disagree, but um, I thought he he is showing to me that he is becoming a number one goaltender in the NHL. I know I just want to base it off four games because how the seasons went, but he has definitely been the Sabres' best goaltender all season. And I just wish for yeah, no, um, he would have got that shot out last. Just night. to get back to Islanders' game, I don't think you can really put any of that on uh, uh, Allmark. I think you know our defense, even in games that we win, they have so many like mind-numbing turnovers, like right in front of the net, like all the time. It seems like like every game you can't count on at least three really bad turnovers to the other team, like right in front of our net. And it's it's kind of really mind-blowing how it happens like every game. I can't believe they haven't corrected it yet, but it happens all the time. And uh, a lot of times teams capitalize on that and score. And you can't really blame Allmark for that. Yeah. Um, no, not at all. But it is going to be a problem. Uh, Jake McCabe going out for the rest of the season with is ACL, MCL. Um, so mm-hmm. thoughts with him for fast recovery, thoughts and prayers. But uh, 
that's going to hurt us a lot. Reese Alina needs to get back into full health. And um, he said he struggled with COVID. Did you see? No, I didn't um, see that. What did he say? What he said from his the translation from the thing. Yeah, he was basically he's been like laid up in bed. Um, he said he has trouble walking up and down the stairs. So like that is very uncommon from professional athletes who have got like we seen like from football, like soccer and like basketball and even hockey. Like all the guys that got COVID seem to come back and we're fine. Mm-hmm. But um, he's been struggling. Well, one thing I've heard up, from uh, you know his, some professional uh, athletes that get it and that do get you know really bad side effects and actually do get sick. Uh, the problem is their bodies are so run down from practicing and training hard all the time. And, you know, after training and practicing and playing games, you need time for your body to recover. Um, the COVID, you know, gets in your body before you do recover and break your body down. Uh, I mean, that's when it hits the professional athletes the hardest. And uh, they're even more so prone than, you know, the average person like you and I uh you know, when their bodies are all beat up, broke down, and they're, you know, still trying to push through it, that's normally when it affects them the most. Yeah, um, unfortunately, I can't find the translated version of what he said. Um, I'm only finding the finished version of it, so unfortunately, I cannot say that right now. But yeah, that sucks having him out and McCabe at the same time. But like I said, uh, Jacob Bryson looked very good. Um, I hope to see him in the starting lineup more. Um, another person that has looked very good to me the past two games now is Casey Middlestad. Not good, not great, but he's played better than what we have seen him play. He looks like he's more confident. He's flying around the ice. He's throwing his body around. And I enjoy seeing that from him because I wanted the kid. I'm never going to root against someone to do bad. Um, I know we've talked bad about him, just he's not what everyone thought, but he's looked Good. He's looking better than himself to me his, these past two games, and I hope to see him. Yeah, in no, I'd, I'd love to see Middlestead, you know, keep up. If he can keep up, you know, his play from the last two games, uh, it'll definitely make up uh, for, you know, all the you know, kind of disappointing career he's had to this point. But, you know, if he can just find his role on this team and, you know, be a role player, I guess you're going to have to, you know, take what you can get at this point. But I think I think he is a great bottom six forward. Um, I don't see him right now being anything more, but he is a great bottom six forward. He does everything you want. Um, I think he just needs to learn to throw that body around more. That's my problem with Pace Thompson. Um, he with his body size and his frame, he needs to throw the body around more. And I think that's what make Pace Thompson an elite hockey player is use his size to his advantage. But uh. Oh, those are great. No, that was impressive. Mm-hmm. I know that I know that uh that loss the Islanders really like kinda ripped my heart out of my chest because I we looked so good that game we deserved the win. But I don't know, that's just game like that's one of those games that you kinda need to come away with, even if it's just a point. Those are just like those close games you wanna be able to come away with the point at least, but unfortunately they didn't. But thankfully, they took two from the Devils. We got the Devils again tomorrow night. So hopefully, they can get another win out of that, which would be great. And then, then on the weekend, we got the uh, 
we got the Flyers coming into town. So hopefully we can take some from that. Um, we already beat Philly once this year. Um, badly, so clearly we can beat them. I just hope that we can uh, take some points away from the next time we talk because if I would – I just hope – how many games do they have before we talk next? Let's see. One, two, three, four. Four games before the next podcast comes out, so maybe yeah, like you said earlier, like a little points, mini streak, just away. something, just That'd something nice. to get us back into, you know, play. I obviously, you know, we're not out of playoff contention, but just something to get us, you know, kind of back in the picture. Uh, right, get them back in the picture. Just take three out of the yeah. next four. Three out of the next four will be perfect because then we're taking we take two from the Flyers, so we could get four points and. And we're right back up there with them because right now they're only uh, – Yeah, no, so just scrape out some points. So go and take four, be right there, be in that hunt. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know, I just hope that – just give me, like I said, eight-game point streak would be great. An eight-game point streak would be fantastic for this team right now. Um, getting in – they'll start be getting into the middle of the season and within the next eight games – or, excuse me, there are 16 games in, 56-game season, so you guys can figure out the math. I don't feel like doing that. That's hard right now in my head. <laughs> but, uh, no, yeah, just some points will be nice for this team for sure. Um, definitely get the boys' confidence up because clearly me and you have both played sports. It sucks when your team's in the slump. Just a game, like, if they go on a two-game winning streak, those, the boys' confidence in the locker room is going to be fucking buzzing. This team will then think they could actually start winning more games. That is a huge part of, I think, why yeah, sometimes you see one or two to get over the hump, and then once you're over that hump, you know, you just think, just start rolling. And... Right, hopefully it's greener pastures ahead for the Buffalo Sabres because mm-hmm. now we don't have the Bills. This is the team I turn to. I would love I, – I watch every single game, good, bad, indifferent. I watch every single Sabres game because they're my team. They're the same way. We talk about it all the time. We're messaging during the games. I just want this team, not even for myself, but for them and their confidence. Just get it a little, just get a little streak going. Yeah, Come on. just to wrap up with the they Sabres, so a little streak. Uh, like I mean, like you kept saying, just uh, eight game point streak. It, you know, just something. It, it doesn't have to be eight game point streak. Just you know, even if it's five or six, you know, just scratch out some wins. You know, win like six of your next eight. Uh, just. Do something to get the confidence boosted. Do something to get a little momentum on the team. And uh, I think once they do that, you know, they can go over the hump and hopefully make a strong playoff push. I mean, this team's definitely talented enough to do so. I think if they can just gel together at the right time, and uh, I think they definitely can, you know, make a run in the playoffs and hopefully make some noise there then. Right. I mean, Hopefully now Eichel in the last four games has three points, just comes on three assists. But hopefully that gets his confidence on too because he is a goal scorer and he needs to start showing that. I'm sure he's probably looking at other players stats like Matthews and McDavid, seeing how much they're scoring. He's like, damn, because like, he is that level of player. He's, he wants probably himself to start getting that because he's going to be demoralizing him, but I'm hoping these three points in the last four games kind of gives him that confidence yeah. and maybe he'll get one tomorrow night. Just give me – Michael, give me – have yourself five goals on the season the next time me and Marty talk next Wednesday. 
the three goals in the next four games. Yeah, no, he was definitely fairing away uh, last night. I mean, he was ripping it in that a lot. So I think he's he's definitely, you know, in goal-scoring mind right now, goal-scoring mindset. And I hope he keeps that mindset because he's definitely got one of the top shots in the entire league when he rips it. And, uh, no, I'm, I'm excited uh, because I think – this team's coming to the point in the season where, you know, everybody's starting to get familiar with one another and everything. So I think we can all gel. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, though, now because it's a shortened season, fair and win now move or the Sabres going to be sellers come the trade deadline. And I pray to God I don't see another season where the Sabres are fighting for a lottery spot to get that number one pick. I hope that we're up there fighting for playoffs by the end of the season. Um, sneak into that four spot and get into the playoffs. Just break that streak. I haven't been there since 2011, 2012. I haven't seen the playoffs since then. Just come on. Get get in there. Give yourself a boy. Give your boys oh, English, Jake. Oh, give your guys a chance to make the Stanley Cup. You need to be in the playoffs to at least make it there. So give yourself a chance because once playoffs comes around, oh, you don't know what's going to no, happen. No, I agree. But um, all right. Let, last thing on the Sabres real fast. I just want to ask you: Do you think Skinner sees the lineup tomorrow night, or do you think he's still? I think he's just scratched after you know the success we had last game. I think they keep the same lineup intact, and I think they, you know, they just roll with what we got. I 100% agree with you. Um, I would love to see Rasmus Asplund stay up and get some more ice time. I think that kid is great as well. Uh, him and Cousins are both two young players who are studs, so I hope he stays up. Uh, Skinner can stay away, whatever. I don't care what you do with him. Um, but like I said, $9 million is a lot to say. I don't care. But, um, yeah, but hopefully we can get six points. Hopefully we pick up six points the next time me and oh, you talk. Too. But, uh, Always. It was great talking to you again. Always all right, and then um, so me and Marty will see you guys next Wednesday. Uh, talk to you guys next Wednesday. We are possibly talking about the idea of putting out two podcasts a week as well. Just let me know what you guys think if you guys are enjoying it. Um, I know me and him are enjoying it too, and hopefully, there's um, more news for next week because this is kind of like the slow part of the season where it's not a lot happening. So, you know, as free agency uh, nears and everything, I'm hoping there's you know a lot more big news that we can talk about. Hopefully, JJ Watt, we talk about his signing. Right, hopefully, yeah, hopefully next week or two weeks so we can talk about JJ Watt. Uh, no, that was a lot of fun, and I'll talk to you next Wednesday.